0: Spring into reading this season with the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Spring Reading Guide. In this season's guide, I've handpicked 21 of the best new books and I've organized them across six categories. So whether you're looking for a romance novel that will give you a happily ever after, a thrilling mystery to keep you guessing, or an immersive historical fiction book, this guide has a book or three or seven just for you. Now, if 21 books sounds like too much for you, there's a minimalist reads list in the guide, which includes a list of six must-read books from across genres. But wait, that's not all. The Spring Reading Guide also includes fun recipes, spring activities, and lifestyle tips. So head on over to springreadingguide.com and download your copy of the guide. That's springreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the 2024 Spring Reading Guide. So download your free copy and discover your next favorite book. Happy reading! Hello, I'm Victoria from Biblio Lifestyle, and you're listening to the Reader's Couch podcast, the show that will help you bridge the gap between living a full and busy life to one where you're reading, learning new things and having fun. Today on the couch, I'm so excited to welcome author Julia Bryan-Thomas to talk about her new book, The Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club. The Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club tells the story of four girls who we meet in the autumn of 1955 as they start their first year at college. We see them join a book club, exploring books, planning their futures and finding their way in the world. Now in this episode, Julie and I talk about her new book, we learn more about her writing and reading life, plus we get some great book recommendations. But before we get into the the episode, please take a quick second and leave the podcast a five-star rating and review because it's a great way to show your support. It opens up new opportunities for the show, helps us find new listeners, and it keeps me and the podcast going. So thanks in advance and now onto the episode with author Julia Bryan-Thomas. readers, welcome again to The Reader's Couch. I'm your host, Victoria Wood, and here on the couch with me to talk about her latest novel, The Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club, is author Julia
1: Bryan-Thomas. Hi Julia, welcome to The Reader's Couch. Hi Victoria, thank you for having me today.
0: Yay, I'm so excited to talk about your new book, but before we get into it, This is your second novel. But still, I want to know how are you feeling? Your book's available. Readers can go out now, go to the library, go to the
1: bookstore and get a copy. How are you feeling? How excited are you? Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, This is my second book with Sourcebooks, and I have had such a great experience with them. My first book came out last year. Uh, It's called For Those Who Are Lost. It's a World War II story. And then I got to go on and write about something else I really care about, which is bookshops and Ivy League colleges.
0: Yay! So let's just get into it. Tell me about the Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club and what can readers expect when they pick up a copy?
1: So the Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club is set in 1956 and it's the story of four young freshman girls who come from different parts of the country and they come together at Radcliffe with all these different life experiences and they join a book club. And the book club is part of uh, an event organized by Alice, who owns a bookshop, and she wants to introduce the girls to classic novels and to discuss the importance of the things in those books are relevant in their lives today. So let's talk
0: about the four women, the four girls who meet at college and they join this book club. So the first one is Evie, I think.
1: It's Evie Evie. Tell us about her and who she is. So Evie is from upstate New York. She's a farm girl. She has a boyfriend who's going to Princeton, her high school boyfriend, and she got into Radcliffe because of her great grades. And she's looking for a little bit of adventure, a little excitement, and something far different from the experiences she had living on the farm. And then we have Merritt, who's from San Francisco. Yes, I would call Merritt the girl next door. She is smart, smart, sweet, a little self-effacing. She's from a little bit different life than any of the others, having lived on the West Coast and having been raised by a widowed father. And she wants to study art. And she's kind of a little bit the glue that holds the rest of them together.
0: And then we have Tess, who
1: arrives on a scholarship. That's right. And Tess is a very interesting character. She is, in some might say, a prim little busybody. So she's a wonderful student. She's very excited to be at Radcliffe. She has big hopes and dreams for her own future, but she is not accustomed to getting along with other girls and to fitting in any kind of a social way. And so she struggles with that in her first experience at college. And Tess's roommate is Caroline, which is her polar opposite. That's exactly right. Caroline came from a very wealthy family uh, in Rhode Island, and she's been sent to college pretty much to look for a husband. Many of these girls, you know, it was just considered almost like another year of finishing school for them so that they could have some lovely credentials and then they would go on and run the junior league or throw dinner parties for their husbands when they got married. So these
0: four women, these four college girls, Tess, Caroline, Evie and Merit, they meet at the book club that's run by Alice. Now Alice is kind of starting over in her own way and finding her own way as well, despite running this book club, having this bookshop where these girls gather and she's kind of, you know, pushing them as they read to kind of draw the parallels and so on. But tell us about Alice because I found her quite interesting.
1: I love the character of Alice. She was my very first character to come up with for this book. And she is a woman, she's around 40, a little older perhaps. She was married and her husband was very controlling. So she was involved in a really difficult marriage and she stayed with it for a while. She was college educated and she decided that she had to break out and break free. And she had a little inheritance from an aunt. And so she uses it to go across the country to start over new in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And she finds a wonderful little building, which was kind of dark and pokey and maybe not on a great street or anything, but it's the perfect little place for her to open a bookshop. And there she orders titles of books that she loves, classics, there are new books and old books. And upstairs in the little attic room, she has her own little flat up there where she lives. And so she has feels that she has a calling and that her calling is to share great literature with young women who are starting out in life and who need to see that there are parallels between different time periods in history. Um that reflect their own values and feelings. So I'm really curious, Julia. I want to
0: know about your inspiration for this novel and the setting of a bookshop and a book club. And having a reading club where these women can come together and they can read books and they can learn about themselves, draw parallels and all that stuff. And just seeing how much things have changed, but also they haven't as well for these um, women. So tell me about your inspiration for this novel, but also your choice to set this book as a reading club at a bookshop.
1: Well, I have a lot of favorite books that take place in bookshops. I'd have to say one of my favorites is Penelope Fitzgerald's book called The Bookshop. I love that book very much, and I always thought I wanted to write a book about that too, but I wanted a different angle into the story, and I knew that I wanted to do a college book. In the summer of 2019, I was accepted to the Yale Writers' Workshop, and so I had the opportunity to live on the campus. As an older, student and to be around all kinds of other writers from all over the world as we all came together to write and to share and to workshop our projects. I had previously written two mysteries that were published in 2016 and 2017, so I was the only published writer the year that I was there, who was also a student, but I wanted to build my skills as a writer and to try to, you know, keep learning and keep growing. And so the experience of being back on a college campus was so thrilling for me. Going in the campus bookstore and buying T-shirts, and you know, having the other uh, friends stay up and everybody going out for drinks in the middle of the night as we talked about the project that was due at seven o'clock the next morning, and. I absolutely loved it, and I wanted the chance to write about that experience. But when I sat down to make notes for the story, Yale didn't quite work for what I needed. And I decided to set the book at Radcliffe. Um, Radcliffe College was the ladies' college connected to Harvard University. But during World War II, when so many men went off to war, they allowed women to come in and take classes there. And so this was a prime opportunity for girls to get their foot in the door and to get the opportunity to have a great education. So I really wanted to write about uh, my love of books, my love of bookshops, and the overwhelming and exciting and thrilling experience it is to be on a college campus, especially for the first time. Oh,
0: great. I'm really happy to kind of hear that the college experience was central to this book, um, because I kind of felt it as I was reading about these four different girls, as they are learning more about themselves and who they want to be. So I want to know, how long did it take for you to write The Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club?
1: Okay. um, I think it took me about five months To write it. And that's actually very fast. My early two mysteries, I worked on those for uh, years for the first one and a year and a half for the second one. My book that I had published in 2022, which is called For Those Who Are Lost. I wrote that book in three months during the pandemic. So I sat down on pandemic summer and decided I was going to think about something very pleasant, very interesting to me. And so I sat down and wrote that book and I realized I could write at a faster pace if I applied myself. So I did write Radcliffe in about five months.
0: Okay. And what would you say is the most difficult part of your creative process?
1: My husband is also a writer, he has written 14 mysteries published through St. Martin's Press. And so we have two writers in the house at all times. So we're always you know, competing for the prime writing chair or who's going to take care of the dogs and that sort of thing. So managing our schedule has been an important part of the process so that we each have plenty of time to be creative and free to think about other things. So that's, that's been something to juggle a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. Um, But I want you to also share about
0: your previous book. You mentioned it here. I saw it as well. For those who are lost. Uh, So for listeners who are not familiar, please share what that book is about.
1: For those who are lost, is a book set in World War II. It is about the evacuation of 5,000 children in a single day from the island of Guernsey on June 6, 1940. And the government, and this is a historical event, the government gave the people of Guernsey 24 hours notice to decide if they wanted their children to evacuate to England during the war. And the parents had almost no time to think about it. They had to make a snap decision. Children ages 5, to to eighteen were being put on were going to be put on cattle barges and boats and fishing boats and anything that they could get over from England. They had one day to do it before the Nazis came in to occupy the island. And so my story is written about two women. One of them is a mother. She has a four-year-old and a nine-year-old, and she decides to send them both. She doesn't want to, but her husband feels like they have no other choice but to get the children off the island. But the minute that they get put on a boat and get to England. They're separated for the entirety of the war. And the other woman in the story is the woman who steals one of the children and takes off with her. And it's about this family. And will they ever be reunited again? Not to be too
0: greedy, because now we have two books, The Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club. And for readers, Who didn't read the first one? For those who are lost, um, you have a second book here to pick up. But are you working on any other projects, Julia? Any other historical novels? Maybe something completely different? What are you working on?
1: I am working on another historical novel. It is set in 1960 in Paris and it is set in the world of fashion with the backdrop of the Cold War and with the theme of spying. So it's going to be a little more of an intrigue.
0: Ooh, exciting. Really glad to hear it. So looking back, you know, you have a book you're working on, you have published books. If you could tell your younger writing self anything, Julia, what would it be?
1: I think the thing that I would tell myself is to be patient because all things will happen in the fullness of time. You know, there are different times of your life. And I was clearly aware, especially when I had young children, that that was not going to be my writing time, that my writing time was to come. And it and that's how it worked out for me, that I had to compartmentalize and, and focus on certain things in my life at a certain time. But at one point, it just became so evident that this was the time that I was meant to begin, and I was ready. And I want to say one more thing, and that is the life experience that you get not only through your childhood, but through your young adulthood and your middle adulthood, whatever age you start to write, it doesn't really matter. It's just that you, the more life experience you have, the more empathy, understanding, and knowledge that you have to share in your books. Absolutely. I love hearing that. So I want to get into
0: your reading life a bit, Julia, because even though we're here to talk about your book, The Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club, we like to know what all authors are reading too. So share with our listeners the last book or books that you finished reading that you'd
1: now recommend. All right. I have two books that I want to recommend. Uh, one of them is Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng, and that's NG. She wrote Little Fires Everywhere. I think everybody knows that book. And it's a dystopian fiction novel about a world economic collapse where extremists start enforcing nationalism. And nationalism has gone wild in the United States and changed the freedoms that certain citizens have. Her writing is so compelling and interesting, and I absolutely really enjoyed that novel. I thought it was wonderful. And the second book that I'm almost finished with is Jackie and Me by Louis Bayard. And it's a wonderful story set in the 1950s about Jacqueline Kennedy. And it's a About a man, it's written from the point of view of a gentleman who is a friend of John F. Kennedy's and his job basically was to quote unquote date or babysit Jacqueline Kennedy while she was dating the senator. In other words, here's a gentleman who's supposed to keep her busy but keep her strung along so that he would be able to get engaged to her or married to her if he decided he wanted to do it. So that's a fascinating subject. And I love reading books about Jacqueline Kennedy. Uh, she's so she was such an interesting character. And this is so well written. I really enjoyed it. Ooh, I'm adding that one to my reading list. <laughs> you'll, you'll be glad. <laughs> Yay. So thinking back to your childhood, what was your favorite childhood book? I have given this a lot of thought. I, I had two favorite books. Uh, in early childhood, it was the book Madeline, which is, of course, a picture book by Ludwig Bemelmans. And I loved that book so much. I loved France. I loved the symmetry of the book. I loved the art and illustration in the books. And being a little redheaded girl myself, I found myself thinking, I'm a little bit of a Madeline, I think. (laughs) So I really loved that book. But as I got to be just even two or three years older by middle elementary school, I had a favorite. And it was The Railway Children by Edith Nesbitt. It was written in 1905. And it's a story about a family whose father has been arrested for espionage and falsely accused. And the family is sent away to the country. And it's about three young children who wait every day for the train to come because they haven't anything to do. They don't know anything about living in the country, but they make friends with an old gentleman on the train who ends up aiding them in their quest to try to have their father set free. It's a beautiful book. Wow, sounds beautiful. I haven't heard of that
0: one, so very interesting. And thinking of classics, have you
1: read any classics lately that you were reading for the first time? Oh, I love classics. I have been reading classics since I was very young. The very first one, my grandmother used to give me books. The very first one was David Copperfield. So if one of my dear loves is to go back and read and reread classic favorites. I would have to say my very favorite that I've read many, many times is Dr. Zhivago by Boris Pasternak. And I love the character of Yuri Zhivago. I love the story of his life. I love the political backdrop to the story. It It's inspiring and thrilling. It's a wonderful book.
0: And what books are on your reading list, Julia? What books are you looking forward to reading
1: in the year ahead? I have uh, just ordered a new book called Jackie Public Private Secret, which is the new biography of Jacqueline Kennedy. So I'm still on my Jacqueline Kennedy kick. And as my own book that I'm writing is set in in 1960, it's kind of fun to read things contemporaneous with that time. And I'm also looking forward to the next Leanne Moriarty. Her last book, Apples Never Fall, was, I thought, a wonderful book and one of my favorites of hers and so I'm looking forward to seeing what she puts out next I'm certain that she's at work on her next book and I can't wait to see what it is
0: yes yes absolutely okay so on the show there might be a listener right now who is either going through a reading slump, so they haven't read in a while, or there's someone listening who is struggling to incorporate reading into their lives, into their daily routine. Maybe they were avid readers as children, but they're really trying to get back into it now. So what advice would you give to one, someone who's in a reading slump, but also to the person who's trying to read more or get back into reading?
1: That's a wonderful question. I found myself in that very place several years ago, about 20 years ago. My husband was on the cusp of publishing his first book, and I edited it before we sent it out to New York. And I loved the editing process so much, but I thought the way to be a better editor is to be a better reader. So I had become a little bit lax in my reading Habits. I wasn't reading regularly. I wasn't reading, you know, what I thought would be great or wonderful books that would inspire me as an editor and as a writer. And so I had to rediscipline myself to sit down and say, well, this is my time block. And I increased my time block little by little over time. But by strengthening my reading, abilities. And even though I had always been a reader, I just hadn't been a really focused, dedicated, everyday kind of reader. And I really wanted that focus so that I could have that for other writing skills. But once I sat down to do it, I just became addicted and now of course i have to have my reading block every day because um, it's just such an important part of my day and start with something you've always wanted to read or even and i've done this too go back and reread an old favorite or a favorite from childhood i think the books that we read in childhood are so important to our hearts and minds now that when we go back and read them it reminds us about the sort of things that inspires us
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I love it.
1: So in addition
0: to loving books and authors, we love our indie bookstores here. So share with our listeners your favourite local or indie you discovered on your travels. Just share the indie
1: love. Oh, I love indie bookstores. We have the most amazing one. I live in the Tulsa area in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we have one called Magic City Books, and that is just a fantastic shop. It was opened by friends. Um, We have had book launches there, and it's just such a fun, exciting bookshop. I love walking in, and you never know what you're going to find. Another favorite of mine is Full Circle Books in Oklahoma City. Those are both um, pretty close, at least within a couple of hours from my home. Beautiful bookshops. I always find things I want to read there, but there are wonderful shops all around the country. I'm thinking of things like uh, the Tattered Cover in Denver and Three Lives Books in New York City. And when I was in uh, New Haven, Connecticut at Yale, that small town is just chock full of tiny indie shops. Super fun. I absolutely love it. Yay.
0: So getting back to your book, The Radcliffe Ladies Reading Club, again, I know you've done your job, you've written it, you've given it to us, but in an ideal world, what are you hoping readers might think or feel after they've turned the last
1: page? Oh, that's so interesting. You know, I I feel like I put a lot of myself into this book, this book touched on themes and interests that I personally have and I wanted people to come away believing that books can matter in your lives and one of the characters in the course of the novel who hadn't really come to college to settle down and get an education decided that she wanted to study literature going forward and it has such a, an importance in our lives, such a wonderful place in our lives to inform us and to educate us and to entertain us. And so I want people to come away feeling that they would love to be a part of a group of girls or people sitting down to enjoy a book club or books together because reading books and talking about them is just one of the most wonderful pursuits we can have.
0: Absolutely. It's one of life's simple pleasures. So uh, I think you'll read this one. You'll walk away with book recommendations. You might even want to start your own book club, but it will also open your mind to just the things we can learn from literature. We can see how much has changed, but also how much has remained the same. Julia, thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking with me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it and it's wonderful to meet you.
0: much for listening to the reader's couch podcast please subscribe to the show share it with a friend and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review until next time stay lounging stay reading and whenever you're in doubt go straight to your local bookstore or library thanks again for listening and happy reading